Hey, and welcome to the second episode of the Pearl Dialogues. My name is Wazi, and before moving into this episode, I want to share a quote from Almas that talks about the pearl or the personal essence. The name for this podcast is called Pearl Dialogues. Some of you may be very familiar with that term, the pearl, and others of you may be completely new to that. So I thought I would share this quote. Also, the Diamond Approach is a school that is oriented towards exploring the nature of reality, exploring our human potential. So this is what this podcast is about, in addition to sharing the spirit of this teaching. So here's the quote. As the soul integrates her essence in its various qualities, she matures and develops her virtues, capacities, and faculties. The process of maturation includes two complementary sides. The first is that of individuation, centered around the aspect of the personal essence. This is the pearl beyond price, which the soul becomes in the midst of her life in the world. The pearl beyond price is the essential prototype of integration, and the soul experiences it as the presence of the soul as an essential person. This personal presence is characterized by maturity, individuation, and personal essential development. The teaching around the pearl is something that is very unique to this school, and it has to do with becoming and being a complete human being, a true human being. The purpose of this podcast is to bring and share the pearl of each teacher, and through that, sharing the personal essence and spirit of this teaching as well. So with that, I say thank you. I very much invite you to be in presence and to listen deeply. There is a lot of deep knowledge that is shared in this episode, and with that, I say enjoy. Welcome to this second episode of the Pearl Dialogues. Today we have my dear teacher Prakash McKay on for a conversation and we also have Elin with me uh, as always. Uh, Hello. <laughs> there we are. Hi. And I'm going to correct your pronunciation. Prakash Mackay. 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 Scottish. Yeah. Scottish. <laughs> Prakash Makai. I mean, very welcome. Very welcome. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to segue. So you're from Scotland, but you don't live in Scotland. How, how did you end up in on Hawaii? A very roundabout journey. I left Scotland in 1976, and I traveled overland, you know, by air, sea, boat, buses to Australia, and uh, I lived in Australia for a couple of years. And then I lived in India for three years. And then I came to the States in 1982. And I lived in a spiritual community in Oregon until 1985. And then I came to Hawaii. I've lived here ever since. So I live on the island of Maui in Hawaii. Mm. That sounds beautiful. Mm -hmm. I can hear those little birds outside of your <laughs> room. <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. Mm. And you've been a teacher and a student of the Diamond Approach for how long? And uh, what inspired I've been a you? I've been a student for 33 years and a teacher for 20. Okay. <laughs> and how's, how would you describe that unfolding for you, that transformation? Like, how would you some, how, what words would you use to describe that journey for you? A journey of denudement. Denudement. What does that mean? <laughs> Stripping away all mm. of the, the accoutrements of a personality, a life, a story, and coming to the bare bones simplicity of this moment. Mm. Mm. And, and how would you describe this moment right now? How would you describe this moment right now? Uh, there's a sweetness to it, an excitement, 
an appreciation, yeah. you know, a gratitude for, you know, I, I look out my window into an orchard with, and I can look and see the sea. And, you know, I grew up in Glasgow, which is an industrial city. I was surrounded by factories and smoke and pollution. And here I am in paradise. And I go, how did that happen? how does that happen yeah i get very (laughs) curious as well (laughs) magic magic and i imagine you know some of the people that you maybe grew up with are still in glasgow Mm -hmm. maybe probably maybe even not spiritual haven't gone through that metamorphosis that you have in in stripping away the layers of the personality like, can you, what do you reflect on that? Well, you know, ever since I was a young boy, I, I wanted to go explore and go out from Glasgow. I, I hitchhiked to Paris when I was 16 and I slept under the bridges and, you know, I, it was like I was a, like a vagabond because I just wanted to experience new cultures, new things. And, you know, that, that was always a part of my nature. Mm. can you I, I just curiosity can you speak to desire how do you understand desire and what significance does desire hold in how life unfolds and how we flower and where we move what we do what cr- is created yeah well you know desire gets a bad rap and spiritual you know spiritual con- conditioning and Really, for me, that desire is instinctually driven on an animal level. And the process of, of spiritual work is the refinement of that desire from the, the self-preservation or the social or the sexual instincts to the transformation where that becomes the enlightenment drive, where mm-hmm. we, we want to actualize our, our true nature. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's a bit connected to the flame. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, mm. yeah. In, in Buddhism, they call it bodhicitta, the awakened consciousness. Yeah, in mm. the diamond approach language, we do call it the, the flame. And the, there's a quality that's known as hema, which is the, the quality that's needed to transform those instincts of the the animal soul into a human soul and then to an angelic soul. Mm. Mm, wow. So that's a bit like for, for new students. That's myself. I can say it sounds like I can see a little bit in the future now. I've, I've been digging into the, to the flame, to the animal soul, but that yeah. is, that's a process. Like yeah. to get into I mean, that's, that's where human. we begin yeah. because that's, that's what we're usually faced with before we've started to transform the, the identification with the personality, you know? So it's like most people, they, they don't know that discrimination between their superego and their ego and their being. Mm. So you, you have to start with those early structures and that superego being the, the one that you come up against that is protecting that ego structure. Mm. Yeah, that's making it safe to to stay in the way it's always been. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've been through a very long journey of alchemy and and processing and metabolizing and working with the ego and and really exploring our humanity and true nature and spirituality, both. I know with Osho for a period of time before you entered the Ridwan School. Mm-hmm. So, like, what would you say are, how do you experience life now? How do you experience yourself? How do you experience life every day? Like, what is your, what is your day-to-day? What is your condition now after, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, th- I think one of the biggest changes was that in the early days, my spiritual life was very separate from my ordinary life. And through the work that I've done, there's an integration of that. So I, I feel I feel very ordinary, you know, very simple, as I was saying at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I've been meditating since I was a teenager. 
And I think that's been the, the practice has been that continual refinement. Mm. Mm. What, is, what is best about your life right now in your, in your eyes? The appreciation and satisfaction that I experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like I can, when you say that, it's, I can sense that somehow. It's very, it makes me super happy just to, to listen yeah. to you. And, yeah. To be in your presence, which I see, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When when I talked about you know the 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 goal of enlightenment in the past, that was something that was always you know out of reach or unattainable. And mm. through my understanding in the diamond approach, it's it's a process of realization that is happening moment to moment. You know, it's not something that I'm trying to grasp or hold on to or get to. It's it's something to really savor in the unfoldment of my experience in this moment. Yeah. Mm. yeah. An unfoldment rather than a, a seeking. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, I heard you talk a bit on, I think it was Conscious TV, which we refer to. Um, the concept of enlightenment not being like something that happens and then you are there, like mm-hmm. and you're always staying there. And <laughs> right, yeah, it's yeah, which was something that I, you know, like my teacher Osho, he he had mm. a very profound awakening experience, and mm. that was enlightening. But it that's the beginning of the process. It's not that that happens and that's where you stay, right? Mm. Yeah, in, in the diamond approach, we we have we can have easy access to experiences of essence, but until you're able to actualize and where essence becomes a station where it's readily available to you as needed, you know, that's more of that process of uh, of realization and actualization. Mm. Mm. Hmm. Wow, yeah. So it's more it's more like the gas in the car or like it's it's the fuel always in there always. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Yeah, and to go back to your question about desire, desire is part of that fuel. You know, that you know, that aspiration for awakening, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's like that's been a thread all through. It's like, I really want to wake up. I want to wake up to reality and discover what the truth of that reality is. Mm-hmm. And it's such a mystery. It's continually unfolding and revealing itself. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. And when you, I mean, you, you, you've mentioned both, a sense of deep appreciation and that satisfaction how does that manifest in you like what how, what quality how would you describe that in your being how would you describe that in your awareness uh, just being able to let myself be right it's like i was very much a go 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 and doing and i can just let myself sit and just look out at the garden and appreciate the, the sounds of the birds and the colors and the, the fragrances. Yeah. And, and what's your thoughts around like purpose being driven creativity in the sense of like having a calling to, to achieve perhaps like a lot of people in the younger generations, they want to do something in their life. They want to, they want to have an impact. What's your what's yeah. your perspective on that? Well, the, the diamond approach is very service oriented, you know. So, you know, in my day job, I've worked with Hospice Maui for 35 years. And, you know, I've worked with the dying and with the grieving. And I'm still connected to them. I facilitate the grief support group twice a month. And I facilitate a mentoring program in the jail here where we have a a men's and a women's mentoring program. And I go in and I work with men, teaching them how to recognize what they're feeling, how to not act out on those feelings and develop more emotional resiliency. And, And really to 
to be accountable for their experience and help them see how come they ended up there and how to not get back in there again. Mm. That's a a maturation process, which is very much the teaching of the diamond approach, like growing up, becoming a a mature and complete human being. And the bird agrees with me. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. 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 Go on. Yeah. I just want to invite for the moment, like what's happening right now, um, while you're sharing this mm-hmm. percussion and also in new ways, what's, what's in the field? What's in the field? Well, that bird is, you know, he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah he also got the the welcoming letter <laughs> yeah well, one, of my, one, one of the most inspiring books i read as a teenager was island by aldous huxley and on the island of power they trained the birds to say three things here and now attention karuna compassion and those were the three messages that the birds gave you. And so that, that bird brings me right here, right now, into, you know, seeing you, seeing Wazi, f- feeling, you know, feeling myself in, in this interaction with you. Mm. And the pleasure that I derive from that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I feel it's a really profound moment right now, actually, when you speak of this. And I, I share that pleasure. You know, I, it's an absolute pleasure to be here right now and mm-hmm. to really feel that pleasure in my body. Like it, it feels, it's, it's like a fullness of sort, like it's something substantial. I notice that there is a smile on the face, on my face, and... Yeah, that appreciation and that satisfaction. I really feel that that is in the field right now. Mm-hmm. And the sun is lighting you up. <laughs> Love the sun. <laughs> Praise the sun. <laughs> yeah. What's happening for you? You have a cosmos behind you. Yeah, yeah. I do. It's very nice. Instead of TV, there's a cosmos hanging on the wall. No. I um, I have a cosmos behind me, and I have uh, have this joy also, like in my heart, and uh, I can feel this these small tears simmering down my eyes again, like super slowly, while we've oh. been talking. It's um, talking about desire and the and the flame, and my own longing for awakening has been like. Mm. Mm-hmm. oh wow like i am here we are now we're talking and i i'm blissfully happy and blissfully sad at the same time mm. um, bitter bittersweet yeah yeah but without pain usually uh-huh. bittersweet for me has some pain to it but now oh, it's okay. like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. this um, uh-huh. wow aspect Mm. I mean, let's tell a little bit more about that. What's this? What's the sadness about, and what's the um, the happiness? Yeah, it's what comes to me now. I I think there's a part of my soul coming home in this Mm. conversation. Mm. There, there's a part of me that. Oh, it's like oh, I was feeling all the tears now. It's like, oh, do I do it? That is this really possible in life? Can mm. you really have connection with with other people, but also to the universe or like to to your experience of the unfoldment and um, and uh, the. Uh, personally, I have learned to trust my flame. I might not be exactly where I want to be in my life. I'm also still quite young, but I really trust that my flame and my passion and my desire will bring me to a mm. 
a place where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And somehow that's calling in this sadness and in this joy mm -hmm. uh, right now. Some trust. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the key factor is that trust in the unfoldment, you know, that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that's changed for me. It's like the there was always a, a self-image of something not quite right or the wrongness and the satisfaction comes from the, this is, this is it. This, this is who I am and the appreciation of who that being is in his unfoldment. Mm. There's no, no lack. That fullness and abundance is, is more accessible to me than it, than it was in the past. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that That's is so deep. inspiring. Mm. So deep. And, and, you know, I feel that now. I taste that now. That being said, I know definitely that there are times during yeah, different days where I really feel the agitation of the personality still. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel very home in this field of satisfaction and joy and where there is this mysterious openness and, and, and this beauty. And also I am aware of how on a yeah, consistent basis and metabolizing structures of the ego. And, you know, so generally when I'm with people, um, particularly when there is this openness, there is an amplification of essence. Like it's as if essence becomes even more, um, just saturates on, and, on, ever, on, on even deeper levels. What, what is your experience of that, Prakash? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the more present I am, the more accessible that is to me. And, you know, you, your assemblage point shifts depending on the situation that you find yourself in. But the more connected you are to your beingness, the more stable stabilization there is there. And the less you're, you're shifted and taken out of yourself. What would you say to some of the people who are in a situation where they have yeah, certain desires, certain maybe young people who, who yeah. wants to achieve things? They don't feel that they are where they want to be in the sense of being in a beautiful home and having potentially having like the work that they want and doing what they doing what they love fundamentally, feeling that they're living in accordance with their purpose. What would you say to, to people who are in that situation? Well, you know, I think that's part of the developmental process. You go through different stages where you, you have to try it out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 70 years old and it's taken me a lifetime to, to come to this place of contentment and satisfaction. You know, it's like, as I was saying, there was, there always felt like as though there was something missing that I was trying to get out there or achieve from the outer. And now I see it. No, no, it's really, it's an inner experience. Mm -hmm. It's an inside job. Yeah. But, you know, you can't tell someone that. They, they have to discover it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they'll strive and they'll, you know, go through it. They'll fail, you know, and you just keep going on, you know. And then you have a realization. Oh, okay. It's not out there. It's, it's really turning inward and and what comes up for me is like that every stage of life has certain qualities certain char characteristics what would you say what how would you characterize your life in this stage of life versus when you were young maybe in your 20s or 30s like mm -hmm. both 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 the positives and the negatives if you want to put mm -hmm. it that way what's the can you speak to that yeah well you know the positive is a ripening a maturation and the, the negatives is I, I can't dance as wildly as I used to because I injure my body. <laughs> I, I, I love to, to just dance and you know for hours. And the last time I did that, it was like I was crippled for about a month. <laughs> oh, so, man. so I, I have to be more careful, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I am I'm curious about your understanding and I don't know maybe even purpose but of of the death of death yeah uh-huh. so I, I mean as, as I as, as you you know from the interview with Ian I've been very intimate with death for many many mm. years and it's still a mystery to me you know mm. Since last February, 11 of my close friends and my brother have died. And it's like, it's become very close and very in my face, you know. So a a lot of grief and, and yet a lot of, you know, one of my close friends who, who was also a teacher in the school, he, he died just recently and it was very quick and i could feel a sense of joy and liberation in his in his dying and yet i'm never going to see him again and i i'll really miss my friend who you know who was one of my intimates yeah. mm. Yeah. that's beautiful and interesting mm. and that that can be there this this yeah, uh, yeah joyful and liberating feeling still that there's yeah. this ending mm-hmm. yeah. yeah do you have any any thoughts about what happens after you die there, there have been a few people i've been very connected with where i could feel their soul in the the expansion and the journey for a short time and you know it's like when I, when i sense them it's like they're very present with me and i can i can feel the the particularity of who that soul was and i recognize it and then after a while it just kind of dissolves and i i don't have any further contact with them so mm. you know i as i say it's quite a mystery and i don't really know what what happens for each of us mm. I mean, I've studied Tibetan Buddhism and the Bardo Tordal for many years, and occasionally I'll I'll do the readings for someone who I'm connected with, who who have asked me to do that for them. And when I do it, I can feel the, myself moving through those experiences of letting go of the the structures and the identifications and the, the concepts becoming in that denuding process where it becomes that pure luminosity, you know, of clear light. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I, I mean, this reminds me of something or, or it points me to something. It's like yesterday I was in my chair contemplating and, and I became a bit sad looking at the state of the world, you know, just knowing about this light, knowing about this, beauty mm-hmm. and the human potential and just seeing how like how there is so much mm-hmm. i would say ignorance in our mm-hmm. world essentially you know ignorance mm-hmm. of of our true nature ignorance of our of unity ignorance of love ignorance of truth um and this actually in some sense i was sitting with my my nieces the other day um and they're about 20 years old mm-hmm. and i was just feeling into so how much i've learned over the last 7 years in particular and i was like oh man i've accessed so much deep knowledge that has been so liberating to my soul and i just mm-hmm. want to i just want to give you like that everything that i've learned like that treasure chest so that you can thrive and bloom and blossom into like truly truly being as fulfilled as you can be in this lifetime so this this is this balance of like really feeling the sadness and then also feel feeling inspired to serve to really do something significant in this life yeah well as you say was the suffering comes from the ignorance and the the waking up is the process of waking up to that basic goodness of reality. Mm-hmm. And when you wake up to that, then you're, you're not going to harm another because you know that that other is you. Right. And, you know, that, as you say, Ellen, it's, it's really the flame that awakens that aspiration to, to know what reality is and to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I after I I had a moment in my life when my flame awakened, I'm quite big or into essence. And then about mm-hmm. a year after that, I was like, no, <laughs> I want to go back to the way it used to be. I want to have it <laughs> like uh, no more insights. I'm gonna live this uh, ignorant life, sort of. And I tried it for a while, and it, it so did not work. <laughs> um, but it was um, that was also that comes up now. This interesting part of uh, yeah, I suppose the ego structure, something wanting to go back to the way. Sure. It goes. Well, that that's the pull of the super ego that's trying mm. to keep the status quo. And you know, the the ego is in a state of sleep, you know, mm. but it, it's cozy and comfortable for it, right? To to wake up, you you have to be present with the suffering, with as well as the joy and the bliss and the pleasure. There's the pain and the sorrow, and it's it's really that acceptance of the totality. Mm-hmm. So it's the key for that to build up your own ability to hold space for your own yeah. experience through mm-hmm. meditation or breath mm-hmm. or mm. yeah that emotional resilience i was speaking and capacity to hold a bigger and bigger charge yeah. mm. Mm. you know one of the one of the tenets been very liberating for me in the diet approach was to not suppress not express, but to feel it fully and transform it and, and to understand what that process meant. Yeah, I feel, I feel that that process is very empowering. You know, when I tune into that, it's so empowering in and bringing that sense of expansion, not being run as much by our instinct impulsively, like mm-hmm. it brings, it paves the way for wisdom for um, for being able to abide on deeper levels and access more power in some sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's um, yeah, it almost like I'm seeing it like you're making a flower pot like with dirt in it and seeds to to grow. And it's like through meditation and holding space in this process, which you also talk about, it's like you're making a bigger and bigger and bigger flower pot to. <laughs> to be able to experience and then the walls of the flower pot dissolve and, oh, wow. and the, the pot <laughs> the pot is a, an endless vast universe of boundless <laughs> galaxies and solar yeah. yeah everything mm-hmm. yeah yeah one thing that came to mind is one thing you write on your profile is the following. What is most important for people to understand about the diamond approach? And you answer that it is not a quick fix, but a deep commitment to a path of exploration and understanding of what it means to be a human being. I know in today's age, with Netflix, on demand, X, Y, and Z, hamburgers, everything. And like, what, what do you see? What do you observe out in the, in the world now? What is the state of affairs, how you see it? And, and, and could you speak on what you shared there, like what you expressed there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a time here on Maui when, you know, every spiritual teacher was just passing through and everybody was trying one path after another path after another. And, you know, one of the things my Zen teacher, Robert Aitken, said, is like, if you want to find water, you just keep digging. You don't give up halfway through and then go dig another hole. You, you, otherwise, you'll, you'll have a whole lot of holes, but you'll never hit water. You, you just got to keep going. You got to be steadfast in that process of, you know, being present with what your experience is. Yeah. And, you know, the that outward gaze, trying to find it outside, is, is part of that, you know, it, it is a quality of the society, you know, the, the, the digital age, you know, everybody on their phone, you know, it's like I, I was 
in this beautiful restaurant on Sunday, which is right on the ocean. It's absolutely beautiful. And at least a third of the people in the restaurant, they were in their phones. They, they weren't experiencing the beauty that was available to them. And, you know, that, that was sad for me to see. Yeah. Does it bring out a response beyond sadness? Like, or, or how do you? Well, I don't do that. <laughs> you know, I'm not wedded to my phone and, and I'm glad that I'm not. And, you know, if, if there's someone I'm with who starts to do that, I say, you know, could you put down your phone and just be with me right now? Mm. Yeah. Brings in a memory where that happened to me. <laughs> and, and actually I said something similar. <laughs> and it was, it was, it wasn't that welcome. Actually. I remember yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. Why? Don't tell me what to do, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's the way you say it, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah this has also occurred to me, asking people or telling people to take down their phone. Once I had a dinner party, and I made everyone put it in a box. <laughs> yeah, good. good and it idea. was uh, reluctantly appreciated afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, and they were very, they were like, but now there's the now there's the break. Can we have our phones? I was like, okay, yes, you can have a five minute break. <laughs> okay. A five minute phone break. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, to feed the hungry ghost. The hungry ghost. What's that? The hungry ghost is a in in Buddhism, it's a being that has a tiny mouth and a huge stomach, so it can never be satisfied. Mm. So it's always trying to fill the hole, right? Yeah. Mm. And in on that note, what's your perspective on um, because you have hungry ghosts and then you have the realm of the gods or something yeah. uh, hungry gods is that something what was that again? no it, it, well the realm of the gods they have everything they want so you know they there's no flame to to wake up you know they're too comfortable ah that's so good oh i lo love that yeah so maui is very much a realm of the gods you know it's, you know <laughs> So there's a lot of wealth, there is a lot of oh. comfort, there is a lot of uh, uh, money, obviously, there is a lot of good weather. Good weather. Yeah. So and and where do they where do what is that condition? In what way, like where do they get stuck? And and what is negative about that situation? What is the negative about the situation? Well, they're not, they're not seeing the reality, they're kind of buffering themselves from the the ignorance that you know they think that they are satisfied but really they're missing out on the possibilities right? i feel this needs to be broadcasted i feel this really needs to be broadcasted in the sense this illusion of um of like external i, I external wealth in the sense of when external wealth is empty when it's a shell basically and how particularly young generations are very kind of enamored and distracted into that movement without without having that inner cultivating what comes first which is essence mm. yeah now we aspire to mm. to be on reality tv <laughs> rather than yeah yeah than to find our inner good truth. One. Yeah. Inspired to be on reality reality TV <laughs> instead of yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah. Looks like <laughs> so good. Looks like nice. The people on the TV, you know, looks like reality. Yeah. So <laughs> that is really cool. that's um yeah, it's sad. But it's 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 the way 
our mm-hmm. our generation is. Um, and and yeah, what what is it that brought you to the work? Do you want to go? Yeah, I can share quickly, you know, what happened mm. for me. I mean, I was studying business, actually. So it's, it's quite relevant. I was studying business at Copenhagen Business School. And I remember I, in that time, I was experiencing quite a lot of frustration. And the frustration was about lack of meaning and lack of purpose. Mm. I didn't feel any significance in what I was doing, where I was going, or in myself. And that eventually catalyzed a form of awakening. Um, It was an interesting experience where I actually, I was in my room, woke up very early morning because I couldn't sleep. I went outside into kind of a natural park or a small natural park kind of in, in, in Copenhagen. And uh, during that time, I used to sometimes smoke some weed you know, now and again. So I remember smoking some weed. And then after I did that, I jumped over a fence and I entered this big, you can, you can say an oasis where I was surrounded by trees all around me. And I remember I was really struck by a sense of anxiety and also curiosity simultaneously which created a very interesting combination, very interesting experience. And the pressure or the intensity of that experience um, led me to eventually sit down. And I remember that my mind suddenly became still. And in that stillness arose an insight that was completely extraordinary. And, and, it was, it went like this. I am what I am, but what am I? Mm. And that was the genesis of my search. That was mm. the beginning mm-hmm. of my path. And pre that I had re- never re- read the spirituality, spirituality mm. or anything. That was the genesis. I'd never, I hadn't even read the Bible. I know that that is a, I am that I am is a very mm-hmm. significant statement in the Bible, but that came out of the blue into my consciousness so that was really the the beginning mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. yeah you you know pablo picasso yeah i know pablo picasso yeah yeah he says life is about finding your purpose and when you find your purpose your purpose is to give it away hmm. very interesting how, what does that tell you? What does that what does that mean for you? Well, it's to find what your gift is. You know, what 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 are you here to to give to you know whoever you contact? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, my question, Alan, was what what was it that brought you into the work? Yeah, thank you. Yes, for me, it was um, the search for love. Uh, I I lost my father when I was around 18 months old, so very mm-hmm. small. And um, I fell in love the first time when I was 14, and it was like deep and and very very strong. And then it then it broke, and it gave me so much pain. Then mm-hmm. I was I was searching for the same love again. Um, and up into like my middle twenties, when I found myself in what I thought was like the perfect relationship, I I really believed we were gonna last forever. I'd never really loved someone that way, mm. and then he broke up with me, and I was in utter shock. And so many reactions came to that. There was a lot of shame, a lot of shame for having, for being in so much sadness. And, um, but also this, also this like weird desperation or like I had truly believed that, you know, this time I had done everything perfectly. So how could this happen? 
when I had done everything perfectly. And then I started to go into the hunch of like, ah, there is something I'm not doing right. Like, mm. I believe something in my belief system is, is wrong somewhere. Mm. Uh, and when I started to get onto the path of, of the diamond approach, it was from one of the teachings that you you are what you long for. It's not something to get from the outside. It's not about me finding a man to love me so that I will feel good in myself. It's about that I already have this love capacity inside of myself. And uh, yes, the mere possibility of that was mm. enough for me to not let go. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still something that I'm like working with. It's not like I, I still long for being loved by others. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, that's a very a very deep issue, you know, mm. that re relates to your connection to your mother. And you know, Mr. Freud said, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Yeah, so, I know. <laughs> goes right, right back to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful sharing. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you for asking. Mm. Shall we? Uh, continue with your song perhaps mm -hmm. yeah go for it computer yeah. Oh, you, yeah i'm sharing it okay thank you so this is the album migration by peter cater and lightning lighting the flame the song is called mm.
So Peter is the pianist and Carlos Nakai is the flautist in the... What happens in you, Prakash, when you hear this song? Oh, just such the beauty of, of the, the, the clarity and precision of the, the notes is, and it's very spacious to me. Yeah, I... mm. Mm. How about you, Ellen? Mm, the light. The light and the curiosity. Mm. What's happening next? <laughs> In a very <laughs> beautiful environment. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. How about you, Vasim? Wow. Yeah, I definitely feel the beauty. And I also feel that the yellow essence is very active generally mm -hmm. now. Um, and also can very much resonate with the spaciousness of that. And also like the spontaneity of, of this. Of the, it's the first time I hear this song and this album. Mm -hmm. So the spontaneity of it all and the, the divine harmonies, you could say, of like, I feel that it, it's... It has an effect on on my soul at least of like just it's as if catapulting my consciousness into a whole new universe somehow mm -hmm. different universe mm -hmm. also the bird <laughs> from from hawaii right here I don't know if there also was like birds in the music that was this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like they are also present in this exploration. Can you, would you be open to doing a short monologue, uh, Prakash? Sure. Yeah. But what do you want me to speak to? To speak to what's happening for you. Mm. What well, a continuum of awareness. Mm. So the music brings me to... Uh, a place of spaciousness and stillness. So it's like I feel that very much in my belly center, that openness and the, the joy that you spoke of. I, I feel that awakening in my heart. It's, it's like a, a warm glow in my heart. And then that precision and clarity very much wakes up my head center and it's really open and clear and blue. Uh, mm. 
then I, I hear a plane go by. And all the way through the pandemic, it was like the, the sky was silent. It's like there were no planes in it. So when I hear a plane now, it's like, oh, you know, people are moving. They're migrating as that, as that album's title speaks to My mind feels very empty of content. I, I hear sound, but there's no thoughts. A kind of liquid smoothness in the in the flow of my soul it has a very fine, delicate yellow tone to it, but it's it's almost uh, virtual. It's not quite there. The word expectancy comes, you know, it was like wondering what what this dialogue would be like, what questions you would ask me, what, where the flow would take us in our exploration. So that curiosity. Yeah. Noticing that the sun has gone out of your room, but there's still a kind of radiance from the light there. And as though you're arising out of your cosmos behind you, Ellen, like a portal. Yeah. Beautiful. Hey. What's happening for you, Nelin? Stillness, stillness, and uh, something soft, something soft and yummy. Mm. And gratitude, I must say, I feel very honored somehow <laughs> that this uh, hour has. Uh, that we have been here together this hour. It's mm. almost a little bit unreal, but it's very real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what feels unreal to you? Uh, I think that's my way of saying uh, it's a bit too good to be true. Ah. Mm. That for me is something unreal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there a quote? I mean, I I, I caught that that was Ellen, what Ellen was speaking, but my 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 experience in I don't know if this is a part of the culture, but being literal, very literal with the with the wording. What's your sense of that, Fakash? <laughs> well, I, I'm approaching. It, it's too good to be true. It's like you can't imagine how good it is. It's like because it's so good, mm. and we're. We're almost, we almost tend to be more drawn to the lack than to the yeah. fullness. Yeah. Mm. I, <laughs> I recognize that in myself. I'm very drawn to my lacks and the lack around me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But how about you, Vasi? Hmm. Yeah, this seems uh, I I can I pick up on the stillness as well. And there is a sense of seeing into nothing somehow. There is an
I would say there is a radiance of some sort. I can resonate with the glow in the heart space that Prakar spoke to. A glowing, a glowing quality, a glowing radiance in the heart center. Mm. And the mind or the head center is experienced as spacious. And I also notice the sense of calm that's in the in the field and you could say the serenity of the body and the serenity of the of the moment and i feel like the lower extremities including the belly feels vibrant and simultaneously like, like very yeah serene or tranquil very calm and simultaneously warm mm. yeah Mm -hmm. mm. Thank you. Yeah. And then when looking at YouTube, I, I just noticed uh, <laughs> me, me like opening my eyes and then looking at you, I just noticed my heart kind of expanding like a cave of just like love. <laughs> Such beautiful, just a beautiful, beautiful. Uh, now yeah. I also recognize the love right now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming towards the end of our conversation yeah. So, any other questions you'd like to ask me before we finish up? Yeah. What do you feel is most important to you? What is important for you in life? And and where do you teach? In which groups? In the school? Oh. So I, te <clears throat> I teach a group in Hawaii, and I've been teaching that group for, what, 15 years? And, uh, no, 16 years now. And then I've been teaching in the UK with Sandra Maitri, and I teach Big UK and UK3, <clears throat> and I teach Diamond Heart Retreat Group 6, and the international retreat group. And I have an integration group in the dive program. And I, I work with students in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And your question, what, what's important to me? Quite many. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very schedule, good. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that answered the question, huh? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Very thorough. <laughs> <laughs> but please please if you have anything to add connection you know yeah. a connection that's real you know a that's connection that's soul, soul to soul yeah. Mm. Uh -huh. yeah. Mm. and I've, I've really appreciated connecting with each of you today thank you for inviting me to share my experience with you mm. Yeah. Thank you so much for wanting to be a part of our podcast. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so great. Thank so you, great. <laughs> Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah. And I just want to say on, on connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really hear around me as well, you know, in my 
in my own circles, like the importance of connection, how people see connection, <laughs> like so much, so much, and the the significance of connection. It's um, mm -hmm. really, yeah. I don't, I don't think it can be comprehended how how significant mm -hmm. and meaningful that is for for us human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most important components of the pearl. It enables true contact to happen. Yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> Thank you. That's a great end note, as this is called the pearl <laughs> <I> notes, huh? <laughs> okay, thank you both. Yes, okay, all the best, Prakash, until next time. Okay, bye-bye. Ciao. Thank you. Bye, Ellen.